What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? I'm Zach. What's up? This is Eric. Wow. And we're back. <laughs> we are... Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for that beautiful intro. <laughs> we're back uh, with a fresh episode. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, but we had some amazing conversation interviews. Yeah, dude, the the whole Cinegear deal and the people that we got to hang with and the interviews that we got to do and just... Um, yeah, it it was it was pretty epic. It was awesome. So if yeah. you guys haven't checked those out yet, uh, scroll back to the previous four weeks. Uh, hear from Oscar winner Mark Mangini, Story Greenlight Jeff Barsh, and DP Movie Operator Rob Rusher. Those are some awesome interviews that we had while we were in California a couple months ago. Gosh, it's been two months now since we did those. Like that's yeah. that's crazy. Um, man, what have you been watching? Well, you know, uh, you mentioned that Chernobyl thing, and I was I went on to go look for that, and yeah. then as I was looking for that, my daughters had been talking about this Bob Lazar thing, and um, and then they were also mentioning this whole crazy group of people that were creating this Facebook group that storm was in the Area storm 51. Area Fifty One. Yeah. Like, if there's a million of us, they can't not shoot us all. all. Yeah, and it, it's oh, like, dude, do you, do you realize how cheap bullets are? <laughs> yeah, like, a million bullets is nothing. It's the dumbest thing oh. I, I've. I'm like, oh yeah, is like, is that really? You're, is that really yeah. worth your life? Now look, Hank, I don't. I don't mean to call you out for your age, but is there anything like this that's happened in the last? 30 years that you can remember to like the, I mean, obviously the internet has changed how people talk. Sure. Yeah. But was there ever another thing where people were well, like, we're going to storm. I mean, um, something, something stupid. I mean, obviously there's, there's political stance and stuff like that, but this is dumb. Yeah, no, this is, this is pretty dumb. Um, I mean, ironically that Bob Lazar, which was, is a, um, physicist that was hired by this company he was contracted through eeg and worked at s4 and apparently he was the one that blew the whistle on on area 51 um he didn't work at area 51 it was a number of miles from where he was at however um area 51 is just kind of the the main um Thing that's blown up, yeah, you know, right. out of that. But uh, apparently, so I got sidetracked when I was looking for Chernobyl on this Bob Lazar documentary, and because the girls were talking about it, and so I'm like, okay, let me, let me, uh, let me just check this out, right? And <clears throat> so I watched half of it, and then I passed out. And then Sydney had come home from camp yesterday, and we're like, hey, let's 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 watch it because she actually hadn't seen it yet. Oh, so really? We watched the whole yeah. thing. And then she passed out, but I finished it. Um, and it's kind of fascinating. It's fascinating to think. I mean, the guy has passed a number of different. I mean, this is a thirty-year-long right. story. I mean, he first was interviewed by this radio guy in Las Vegas in 1989, and okay. and and they were trying to verify all this. You know, verify that he went to Caltech, that he went to MIT, that. Uh, um, you know, and they're, but all the schools have erased any records of him being there. And in addition to um, any any work related stuff, either at EEG or at Los Al Al Alamos, Alamitos, um, some other companies that he worked there, and they're like, they denied any no knowledge of him, of him, except 
some some really good sleuthing uncovered that his name is actually on the roster from like old archives from 30 years ago. Sure. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting um, listening to him talk about the different tech that 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 was there and you know this um, you know this uh, gravity or anti gravity right, propulsion right. system and antimatter uh, reactors and all this kind of stuff and it's it's pretty. From a technological standpoint, it's pretty fascinating. But from the idea that, wait, there's aliens and we're not the only ones <laughs> right, right. here. So it was pretty good. And then I ended up, I'm like, okay, let me go find the Chernobyl thing. Like, let me get back on track. <laughs> right. I was so yeah. distracted. Yeah. And then, I, so I stumbled on um, Unacknowledged, which is another UFO. Uh, how, how do you uh, accidentally <laughs> go to these I'm, things? I'm, I, you know, I was like, huh. And it seemed like right in alignment with the Bob Lazar thing. And I wanted to see if they referenced him. And Are you so even I on HBO told, at this point? I, no, I was on Netflix. And it's I, not on Netflix, first of all. No wonder you didn't find Chernobyl. <laughs> well, that's probably... <laughs> that's prob- no wonder you went down a rabbit hole of UFO. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's on HBO when you go and watch oh, okay. it later. Well, yeah. So I'll go, <laughs> I'll go on the right platform yeah. next time. Jeez. <laughs> But yeah, unacknowledged is this guy who um, was a physician, a trauma physician, that ended up being uh, like he he counseled CIA directors in um, Congress on on UFO stuff, and um, just a trauma physician. Yeah, so he was in the military and yeah, yeah. And, um, but what what is that unit. connection? And I don't then? know. I don't recall what the connection was. Um, but he was a really um, thorough researcher, and like he's pulling documents, like government documents from um, Library of Congress and all this type of stuff. So, um, and it's pretty interesting. He's hmm. ta- he's talking about a lot of these secret government programs that are unacknowledged, and the budgets aren't necessarily on any books anywhere, right. and. Um, a lot of them are covert military op- uh, operations. Yep. But there's a UFO tie to to it, and it, that one's very interesting too. It just it just makes you walk away asking the question, like, hmm, you know what what exactly is going on? And, yeah. And there and there were some some ties to like they don't really mention Bob Lazar in that one, but they talk about. Um, some of the tech and the tech was consistent with what he was saying. And, um, they were talking about, um, re, you know, they, they're trying to re-engineer or reverse engineer some of this, some, some of this alien tech. And, um, I mean, it's stuff straight out of, straight out of Hollywood. You yeah. Know? It's, right. It's right. pretty wild. Yeah. So the, the UFO argument or not argument, but I guess discussion is always like, how, how could we have gone this far? Without somebody, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, you you talked about Bob getting his entire records cleared. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if somebody did try to come out and, and you know, bring the truth, then the government could just do that or whoever, you know. But I think the majority of these, they got to just be like government tests, like with new equipment and then people just think they're UFOs, like when the stealth bomber came out and everything. Right. And oh, they talk about that. Yeah, they talk about the stealth bomber actually being a re- uh, reverse engineered um, piece of alien tech that they that they had found in the dimensions on the particular uh, the 
the wing, so yeah. to speak, was identical. Anyway, I'll, it's I'll, interesting. I'll I'll, uh, I'll have to ask my dad about that because I'm pretty sure he worked on that plane. <laughs> so I'll have to see what he has to say about alien technology on that thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, did you? So you never got it. You never got to Chernobyl. I I never did. All right, you got to check it out. That's I'm, I'll, I'll go on the right platform. <laughs> yeah, get it on HBO. Yeah. What What else have you been watching though? Anything besides UFO videos? Um. No. Well. Well. I know you did one thing. Oh yes. Twenty one. Yes, I did. I okay. So I went back and and uh, watched. So this is the second time I've seen the re release yeah. of Endgame. Okay. So I'm at twenty one. Are they it, still playing all the 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 deleted scene and everything at the end now? Yes, oh, they, they are. are. Still okay. Good. Well, they're doing so. So now it's the re-release version in the theater. Yeah. Um, and which is a total waste of money. It, it, uh, well, they're trying to beat Avatar, which they will because the re-release hasn't even hasn't even uh, opened up in some of the um, uh, international markets. Right. So it's only like five million dollars away from 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 hitting it. Which, if you if you compare it to the amount of time that Avatar, because Avatar had a re-release and it had an eight month re- theatrical run, that's crazy. It is Indian's crazy. Only been in theaters it's for since, three months, since, four months. Well, well, not April, e- no, right? April twenty sixth. Yeah, so not April, even April, May, June, July. So it's three months. Yeah. So and it's not even completely three months yet. It's a little less than three. Right. But it's like, dude. So in less than half the time. Yeah. Anyway, you know, how <laughs> you're I not feel better. I want to. I, I I made this image that I I've tweeted out and posted um, a number of places where Tony does the snap. Yeah. And and then the avatar is 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 uh, dissolving. Dissolving. Yeah. Know. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's gonna happen whether it's this week. I mean, it may have already happened. From what I read, I think. F- a week ago, it was like seven million away. Yeah. So it, it won't take that long. Now, what have you been watching? Well, what I've been watching is last night we watched Top Gun, my wife and I, because Top Gun Maverick is coming out, which has some amazing looking shots in it from that trailer. Well, I'm sure it looks incredible. Um, there's this cockpit view in the in the new trailer um, that's not in the original. I was curious if like they also did it in, in the original Top Gun, and I don't remember it, but. They never do it, and it's it looks like Tom Cruise is probably flying that plane. Like I don't know how they CG'd it, or it, or maybe he's in the you know it's one of those. That's what I thought. I, I thought it was maybe one of those things, but they the way they get by it in the first one is it's just these. It's like clearly a set which is like sky in the background, you know, type of a thing, and yep. it's like a close up of them in the cockpit, and you never really see like the wings in the whole plane with them flying in it. Um, so that's how they got by with that. They, you know, they did it outside probably, you know, on a well, airport that strip or whatever. Years that was ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, this movie still holds up though. I hadn't seen it in a really long time. My wife had never seen it. And so she saw the trailer for the new one. She was like, can we watch the first one? I'm like, yes, of course we can. So we watch it and it's, it holds up surprisingly well. For the, I mean, for most of it, like, yeah, there's no really weird because you know, late 80s and stuff, they were dipping their toes in CGI and then also still kind of doing like you know, stop motion claymation, mm-hmm, you yeah. know, or or uh, models and stuff like that. Right, I'm sure there yeah. is some models in this. 
the only thing that really sticks out is like the in dog fight whenever they're blowing up the MIGs and it's like right. that's clearly like you know a, a a model MIG on a on a string or a pole that you're you're compositing out and then you're blowing yeah. up you know in a in a soundstage or whatever but um the most of it though like the scenes that they're actually shooting on the helicarrier helicarrier <laughs> sorry that's marvel on the actual aircraft carrier is uh is great like it they clearly shot all of these things for real and it's yeah. really cool and yeah. i think the there isn't really a story in it at all like not at all there's the the story is dude wants to graduate top gun and that's it like there isn't really much of a character arc or anything no it's a two hour long commercial for for the navy pilot system yeah you know it's like hey come be a part of right i mean annapolis and it never really feels the one thing i I guess i did kind of appreciate about is it never really feels like rah rah um you know like patriot like over patriotism or like you know kind of like propaganda i guess it never really feels like propaganda it just feels kind of like this 80s macho badass thing which is i mean let's that's all the 80s movies were well yeah i mean that exactly i mean that's why it did so well yeah in not really having much of a story because it was i mean you know you got to remember the cold war was happening so there was that there there was this heightened level of patriotism but not not in the way that it is today you know, it had a pure sense of what that was back yeah. then. So it just didn't come across like, even though it's Jerry Bruckheimer produced, it, it didn't come across like, you know, a Michael Bay movie mm-hmm. is like every third shot's an American flag, mm-hmm. or you know, like it's just like this overzealousness of right. Americanism, and right. um, that gets really tiring to me because I'm like, okay, this just feels like it was just funded by the army now right, instead yeah. of like an actual filmmaker's perspective or whatever. And this movie didn't really feel like that still. And it, there's, it was funny though, because I remember when, when my wife asked me, she goes, yeah, can we watch it? I'm like, yeah, I don't know how well the misogyny is going to hold up. Cause I couldn't really remember if there was much in it. Right. There is a few things where you're just like, yeah, that wouldn't fly today. Yeah. But the tone of it, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with the second one because the tone is, I don't know. I mean, it, it does not work as, is a modern day movie. I don't think. Right. Yeah. Not that, not that it doesn't, work at all but i think it's just such a like a time capsule of an mm-hmm. 80s film just like yeah. days of thunder you know a bunch right, of the yeah. other tom cruise movies yeah. from that era and i think it's going to be a totally different style and i think it's going to probably piss a lot of people off is it's not going to feel the same and it's going to probably actually have a real story right in it um you know but maybe not maybe now, is this going to be him post graduation and he's now you know a career fighter pilot because it sounds like have you not seen the trailer yet i have not okay so the trailer he's still a captain and it makes a point of like like highlighting that and not like you should be a two-star admiral by now and like so he just wants to stay a pilot he will not leave being a pilot and then there's some like um atmosphere um or outer atmosphere i can't remember what that's the term is, but when you go really high up into the atmosphere and you need like a certain helmet and spacesuit and stuff to get into that, there's some imagery of that. Oh, cool. So I'm wondering if that's kind of the trajectory that they're going to go is more like is higher. And I don't know if it's going to be, it's not going to go to space probably, but it's going to be something, you know, in that certain area. Ed, Ed Harris is in it too. And he's like the, the of course he is Admiral guy or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, and he throws a line in there about like um, your, you know, your guys' days are numbered, 
you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Like you're, uh, you're coming to an end or whatever. And that's clearly, I think like a line, um, like aimed at drones and oh, stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to do kind of like a tech man versus, you know, yeah, like a, yeah. what's mm-hmm. John Henry, you know, right, type yeah. of a thing. Yeah. I think, I think that'll be in there. I think, mm. I think they'll end up doing some sort of a dogfight between him and a drone and he'll end up destroying the drone obviously. But yeah, I'm curious what they'll do. You know, Val Kilmer isn't in the greatest of health lately and, but I've heard that he's going to be in this. So I don't oh, know. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do with that. And, um, but yeah, it, it held up surprisingly well. And I, I remember it, it being kind of this eighties movie when the first time I saw it, but it actually, it, I don't know. It kind of feels a little more, I guess it feels pretty grounded. It doesn't feel, it does. It felt really realistic. I guess yeah, in a lot cool. of the dog fights and stuff still. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad we rewatched it and I'm excited. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. It's for, it's probably going to do pretty well just because of the intrigue. Like I'm in, yeah. I'm like, I like, I'm like asking the question, Oh, where are they going to go with this? You right. know, like this is, you know, it was a great one off. It's a classic. And like, all right, where are you gonna? Where's that gonna go from here? Yeah, so. because we don't really do dogfighting anymore, right? Yeah, you know, there, nobody else has planes that can even come close to what we're working with now. So it's really, it's really an interesting well, story they, of like, how do you, how do you tell another story with? They that? end up buying the same planes and just putting a different color <laughs> on it. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, what, but what do you, what have you been working on recently? So working on, I've actually started to get into DaVinci Resolve. Ah, because I've oh, I've had enough of uh-oh, Adobe. Bye, bye, Premiere. I know. Bye, bye. Um, I, I haven't, bye. I haven't quite jumped into editing mm-hmm. in Resolve yet. But you're doing the color grading. But I'm doing the color grading. I'm getting into that. Yeah, and that's where it wins. Well, yeah, that's where it's that's where where yeah. it whole started with that element. It's and, great, and it's a lot m- like there's so much there's so much more you can do within it. Obviously that's what it was intended for originally, but mm-hmm. um, the introduction of actual linear, you know, nonlinear editing in it and it being able to actually use all of my computer is nice. Um, especially since I'm working on a 2013 Mac pro and your rendering time is probably cut in half. Ooh. I haven't exported yet, but it's, I mean, so far it's seemed a lot better. It, it handles the color grade layers better because it works in nodes and it, it's a whole different thing yeah um but i'm still editing the project in premiere and then round tripping to davinci but i hope to edit another project soon just straight up from beginning to end in resolve and then we'll see we'll see man i, I i'm you know I, I work in a collaborative environment where it's sometimes it would be difficult to do every project in resolve just because it has to you know, we have to send stuff to After Effects or right, somebody needs right. to open up yeah. the project on their computer. Um, so if they don't have Resolve, then they can't open it up right. you know, if I'm only editing right. it. But I mean, I could do XML and go to Premiere, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not going to do that. It's too much work and there's too many things that could go wrong with that. But I think right. for the smaller projects that I know I'm going to contain myself, then I think that's probably the way I'll go. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've liked it so far. The user interface is nice. I need to get used to the keyboards. Um, you, can, you can set it to the Premiere keyboard shortcuts but they're not quite the same there's still some things that like my enabling and 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 like clip enables and zoom uh timeline zooms and stuff don't work quite yet so i need to get in there and really tweak some stuff put in some custom keyframes but or uh, keyboard frames but uh yeah i'm uh, i'm ready i'm ready to leave premiere it's it's letting me down it's inconsistent and 
Well, there's a rant for five episodes <laughs> right, back. Yeah, that I went into, yeah. So. We're not going to do that yeah. again. But it's interesting because um, Da Vinci it, Re- Resolve is is getting a lot of traction recently. It seems, and you know, another Black Magic product that's getting a lot of traction is yeah. the Pocket Cinema camera. Yep, people love which it. is two years old. N- no, this is the new one. Yeah, but isn't the idea isn't it? No, they didn't do a new release. That that it's is that two NABs ago that we saw that. That was oh, two. Geez. Wow. Yeah, all right. So technically, it's a year and a half. Yeah. But um, and I, I'm like, why did it take a year for for the the excitement to to build? That's what really blew my mind. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, uh, it's just like all of a sudden blown up. I think people were like, oh, ProRes and 4K 60 in a camera. The size of an A7S two. I mean, yeah. it's a little bit bigger, but yeah. But that ProRes internal, like that's such a huge people. I think people are realizing like how much H.264 sucks. Yeah, it just falls apart, and your computer can't handle it most of the time. Yeah. So getting those like true film codecs, yeah, makes a huge difference. Yeah, and it's getting this. <laughs> I mean, it's like taking the year for the the excitement and the traction, but now yeah. it's like it's I'm up. I'm watching all kinds of different people picking them up, and they're like, man, this is the greatest thing since twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really great camera. The only thing I'm bummed about it is like the the thing that like keeps me from like that's an instant buy. Yeah, is the sensor size. Right. It's micro four thirds. That's really small to me. Right. Uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff that requires low light. Uh, I I just yeah, just light your scene. Yeah, I know, but you don't always have that opportunity to light your scene. So right. I need that ISO. I've right. heard that it does really well in the higher ISOs, but it's still no A7S killer. So I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna walk away from that yet. Right. But but it's a, at a price point that you could you know somebody that wants to dabble in it could pick it up and 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 try it out and and they might find that they really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for other like lens companies to start making lenses for it too cuz I think right now you can you only have like maybe three or four options. Yeah. Um like either just like Panasonic uh, Olympus, I think, is one of them, and then uh, Vedra, which I don't even know if they're still around anymore because they got their inventory swiped by some robbery, I think, a year ago or whatever. But oh, it's a drag. Yeah, um, and then I, I think there's one more, but yeah, I just I want you know Rokinon and and Simeon uh-huh. and and everybody to Sigma and everybody to get into the because right now it's like the the lenses cost all you know four hundred dollars less than the camera to me that that's like a weird. Yeah. That's a weird price difference to me because I just can't justify dumping all of my EF for, oh, yeah. for micro four thirds. No, you yeah. know, it's just, it's to be way too much. Or let's figure out an adapter. <laughs> I mean, they make them. It's just, gosh, it would make, yeah. you know, your 50 millimeter EF lens is now on a micro four third. What is it like 2.1 times or something like that? I, yeah. I mean, now that 50 millimeter lens is a hundred and 10 millimeter. Like yeah. I can't walk around right. handheld with that. Like it right. just doesn't work as well. So, right. Well, what have you been working on? Well, um, I've been, you know, I had, I had, I had a bunch of stuff in the queue that I was working on up to, like right after, uh, right after our Cinegear trip, and <clears throat> like we had a, a good, um, we had a good visit shortly like right after that with with my son and his girlfriend and we did some uh um 
go-kart racing. He yep. T-boned me on one race. I T-boned him back <laughs> in the next. And then um, my wife, and when we came back from that trip, we finally ended up getting a new car. Yeah. Because our old car just finally kind of took a dump and the, fixing the AC was going to cost more than twice the value of the car. So we were <laughs> like, we're like, eh, this doesn't make sense. So we bought a car and a vending machine. What? Yeah. So we bought a car from a vending machine. And so I had this video all queued up <laughs> that I was working on and I'll release it, um, you know, probably here in the next uh, month or so uh, when I kind of get back. But I haven't been, I haven't really been doing much the last month because my son went into the ICU and um, unfortunately, after a two-week fight for his life, um, he didn't he didn't win it. And um, so, what I'm working on right now is kind of a montage um, for the memorial, the well, the the second memorial in um, Los Angeles next week. So, it's a bit it's a bit challenging. Yeah, you sure. Know, I mean, just last night I was going through all these pictures from, I mean, he was only 18. Yeah. So, um, I'm very grateful that I was a photographer and took a lot of photos of his, of his life and of him. And, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been really hard. Um, just, you know, you don't, you don't think that you're going to bury your kid. That's just not something that, uh, you know, that's not how this works and or not how it's supposed to work right, anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, looking through his, some of his pictures and, and, uh, you know, we had, it was beautiful the time that we did get in there. I was very grateful for that two weeks and, you know, we shared a lot of stories and, you know, we laughed a lot. We cried a lot. Um, we pl- played a lot of music cause he was a, you know, a musical artist and, um, but I was remembering, and I had forgotten this, but he his his first word was dada. Right. His second word, sorry, Judy, <laughs> wasn't mama, and she knows, but it was mana. Now, do you know what mana means? Well, you told me, but for, yeah. for the listeners, yeah. So mana is actually Spider-Man. That was his second things. word. That was his second word at one years old. That's and so we didn't funny. and we were like, what's mana? Like <laughs> like <laughs> mana from the sky? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And he says, Mana, and he points, and he points to Spider-Man. And so we're like, Oh, oh okay. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, so Far From Home just released yep. that, that weekend. And so um, I went to the opening night, which was like the next day. It was like two days later um, or a day later and went to the IMAX and I bought him a seat. I bought him a seat to see Spider-Man because, you know, we always went and saw those kind of movies together. And so they gave out these little figures. Yeah. Um, if you went opening night to IMAX, they had these little Spider-Man figures that they gave out to everybody. And I ended up with two of them because I bought him a seat. And so during the, uh, um, during the funeral and the chapel service, you know, we had it, it was really nice. A lot of the kids 
that he grew up with and a lot of kids that he was doing music with were, you know, shared a lot of really um, touching and and, uh, heartfelt things. And and I put the Spider-Man figure in his casket. So... So there's a picture on my Instagram of a Spider-Man yeah. figure. Um, and you can't really tell where it is, but he's wearing a Fendi sweatshirt because he was totally into the designer stuff. Right, and, yeah. Um, so you'll see the, 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 the Fendi sweatshirt. I'm going to just kind of put it right right in his, right next to that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's it's awesome that you got to share those those moments with him. Yeah. You know, and the second word being <laughs> Spider-Man, you know, yeah. and it's amazing to me kind of like pe- people always, you know, it's just a movie or whatever. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's not just it, movies. It's not, it's, it's, you know, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the theater experience, you know, and I think we talked about this when we talked with Vaughn mm-hmm. and we talked about, you know, the, the our our human history is stitched together with stories and films and movies are simply stories on a screen yeah and you know the you go back through history and it's sharing these stories whether it's folklore or whether it's mythology or whether it's um actual real events you know there's stories being told and that that um the art of storytelling is something that you know the get around the fire you know fire uh the campfire or whatever and you know you share these share these stories and there's something very intimate and bonding about that and um you know it's sometimes people will say oh I don't want to go to a movie because I'm not connecting with somebody and and that and that I see that argument because you're not talking while this, you know, to the person next yeah. to you during this during this experience, but you're sharing this experience together. You're right. sharing the story together. Um sharing that moment. There's yeah. yeah. And so there is there is a bond that's happening. Um there is a relationship that you get to experience that thing together. And whatever that tension is, whatever that trauma is, whatever the story arc is is telling you you know whatever emotional ride that you're going on you're going on it together and uh um yeah and so i think my argument and well of course i'm you know i i'm the from the filmmaker side of things and so i i'm like "Eh, i disagree you know i think i think uh going to the movies is is a great time to connect oh for sure on a on a, on a different level on yeah. a different in a different way but, yeah it's yeah. its own it's its own form yeah. for sure yeah but it was funny i was going through some of the pictures and his we got him his first spider-man outfit you know for his first halloween yeah. or whatever and he wore that thing everywhere <laughs> yeah he, like he had spider it wasn't even halloween and he's wearing it's christmas right, he's right. wearing his spider-man outfit like he had spider-man pajamas there was one Christmas where my my grandparents, his great grandparents, got him uh, a Spider Man. It was a aqua, uh, like a swim, oh, like a, a swimming like, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he had it was a spider. It was it was like this rubbery thing, and then it got a swim goggles, but it had this Spider Man thing like, on the top. Yeah. And then he had like this oh the web gloves, 
and the and the flippers oh for the gosh. feet, but it was all spider. And then he wore that like for a month. That's amazing. Um, and I was just going through, and then you know, I'm I, as I think it was Spider Man three in oh seven when um you had the black Spidey suit. Yeah. And so he had one of those. Oh my gosh! You know, and it was it was at the time when they started putting pads. Oh in yeah, the, in the, and <laughs> yeah. so it makes him look yeah. all muscly and yeah. stuff. This is it's, how, gosh. Oh uh, seven, he was how how old is he? He would have been eight, eight. in oh seven. So this yeah. little muscular eight year old. No, he would have been six. Sorry. Okay, six yeah. little muscular six year old running around mm-hmm. in a black Spider Man suit. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, speaking of Spider Man, yep, we both saw Far From Home. Yes, You've twice. Now, yeah, we both seen it twice. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and you have, just so I say it, you've got to see it twice. Y- you do. The first time, dude. It's overwhelming I was, the first time. I was time. like, wait, what? And so, like, I knew from the comics that Mysterio was not a good guy. Uh, uh, spoilers. And spoilers. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't think he was going to be a bad guy, <laughs> sorry. Like, yeah, I mean... So, yeah, if you didn't know, because the trailers totally painted him as this good guy yeah. and he's from a different realm. It is funny, though, and because it was like, oh, they're taking a, they're taking some serious creative liberties yeah. right now. And I was, wait, I'm like, wait, hey, well, hang on. And then it was like, OK, yeah, it's funny to see people that didn't know from the comics, like what his character was. Yeah. And then they're coming in and like. Seeing like Twitter reactions from from friends that yeah. knew, and then they went yeah. with a friend that didn't know, and they're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah. It, it's I thought it was incredibly well done. Yeah. Um, John Watts is the director. Yeah. Uh, I loved Homecoming. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I think this one is even better than that. Um, it's a definitely a different kind of movie. Um, yeah. It's a and it's like the perfect palate cleanser after Endgame because Endgame was this like huge emotional kind of roller coaster, especially the last like, you know, 20 minutes of the movie, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings endings there. Right. But this movie is like, it's fun and it's, it's, it's still big. Like they, they didn't, they didn't scale it down really. Like there's still a lot of huge set pieces. And I thought it was interesting to have them go to Europe and that kind of provided some different looks that we're not, you know, always used to. In, in these Marvel movies, you know, right. they're almost always just right. in like Atlanta, even though it's supposed to be somewhere else, you know, right. but, uh, you know, it, it was, it was cool. It was awesome to see. And I had a lot of fun with it. And like the Mysterio effects are amazing. And yep. there's a, this whole, oh gosh. I mean, we, I, it's been out for how long now? Like three weeks, two, two weeks now, I guess. Yeah. Two, um, this would be week three. This well, is week three. Okay, we'll we'll still hold spoilers then. Besides the one we already gave away, but yeah. I mean, what what did you think about it? Well, you know, okay. So the first go round, um, I gosh, I, I'm like, so if we're holding spoilers, <laughs> yeah, I know it's like, hard. I do, to... I, um, I'll say this: the first go round, there was some elements where I was I was just confused, and you don't, and and if you if you if if you're leveraging confusion for the audience, you know, to to create tension for the story or um taking him taking him for a ride, then that and that's great. Yeah. You know. But it but it's gotta be done 
you know, very, you, you tread lightly with the confusion thing because you can lose people real easily. Right. And I got lost. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, there was parts in there. I'm going to, I'm, I'm very trying to be very careful about not being <laughs> spoilery right now, but there, there are elements where, um, he's fighting like Spider-Man's fighting with Mysterio and, um, it just got confusing. Yeah. Because you've already, it, it, even though you've already kind of um, understood how some of the things are working and why they end up fighting, but um, in when he goes and does that, then there, <laughs> that certain I, thing like, that you can't yeah, even yeah, talk about. Like, can we, let's just can we just get yeah, the okay, alert? all right. It's it's awesome. Go see it in the theater. Go see it in the biggest screen that you can. See it um, twice. See it and see, see it, twice. it twice. Yeah, just sit in there and see it again, like immediately yeah. after. It's gonna help you. All right, here we go. Spoiler warning. Boop boop boop. Spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Spider Man: Far From Home, pause this podcast. Go watch Spider-Man Far From Home at your closest theater and then return and listen to the rest of this podcast. You have been warned. Boop, boop, boop. So Mysterio is a bad guy and there's an entire scene that takes place in Germany in a warehouse where none of it is real. And I was totally lost. I was when he was fighting with him. Like I was like, okay, the drones are creating, they're yeah. creating the the thing that he's fighting, and it's all projection, and it's all this, you know. And they've got the the, you know, it was cool talking about it. Like after you had seen it the second time, and I had just seen it once, and we were talking about some of the elements, and then I I was, I was like, oh, okay, and it made yeah. more sense. Yeah, it was easier to follow. And then you see he's. He punches Mysterio, but it's the it's the it's the pylon from the it's the wall, right? And like he zaps zaps him with the web, and then pulls it, and then it's the crane that comes in. Yeah, there's a whole you lot know, of real world elements so in there. Yeah. yeah, so there's this reality. So the part that was really confusing the first go around was that fight because um, he's not really fighting Mysterio, though he is fighting him. But right. the reality, the reality is so distorted on what was real and what wasn't um and then as he falls and then he's going into these kind of different elements it's almost like he was on some kind of psychedelic trip or whatever right but um yeah that i and then he gets plowed by the train and it's like oh okay the train was real <laughs> yeah the train was real i the the one thing i really did like about this is it shows you like how how strong Peter Parker like actually is mm -hmm. whereas you don't really get a sense you know he's quick and he's like he's he's, he's agile sticky. and stuff and he's sticky <laughs> right yeah Peter Tingle um <laughs> but you don't you don't ever realize like just how strong he I mean he's basically like the Hulk in a lot of ways but in a tiny body right yeah yeah he yeah so um again Spider-Man obviously has a very um is very near and dear to my heart from all the way back to Sam Raimi's 2002 Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because of the, you know, the mana connection. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, and, and for me, I really love Tom Holland as, as Spider-Man. Anyway, um, the, uh, yeah, it, dude, I think when I walked out, 
I think the characters, the direction, the the story arc, um, it has a different feel. Yeah, I think if if they handed John Hughes this movie, this is something I think very close to what he might have have created. I think John Watts does a, a an amazing job yeah. with this. The teen angst and the awkwardness and the relationships, um, and just uh, that whole. The tension there is is fantastic. Yeah, and I was telling you like Zendaya's and and even Tom Holland's like micro expressions that they're doing are so good. And yeah, Zendaya, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Is she's great in it? Like I didn't really care for it, but she's not really in the first one that much. Right. She's kind of this definitely like a side character. Yeah. That you get this like MJ drop at the end, and it's whatever. But in this, it's like, nope, that's Mary Jane. Well, I guess not really Mary Jane, but that's MJ, and this is this is it. She, this is her, and I, I love it. Like, I think she's great in it. Yeah. Her expressions are awesome, and just, like, the act, there's so much more, like, opportunities in this movie for them to talk. And yeah. for them to, and for, like, all the high school kids to react or interact together, I guess I should yeah. say. Um, I mean, like, the stuff on the bus and these little these little side moments with the teacher and the other students like it brings so much more depth to i think each character like kind of building this world again yeah. that marvel is very good at yeah and i i love that it's not just you you only get your three main characters and you're not going to get anything else like you got backstory for flash that like maybe his mom isn't such a great mom like right, there's, you yeah. know, there's these other yeah. things going on hints, there. Yeah. These little Easter eggs. And he's kind of a yeah. jerk because, you know, he doesn't have a great home life. Right. You know, all yeah. this other stuff. And it's like those, those little things, man, I just, I love it. And I think that that's when, when people are like, gosh, you know, super, superhero movies are going to die. It's like, well, if they keep making them like this, yeah. no. Yeah. Because well, these, they're not, they're not superhero movies. They're telling these stories with yeah, these they're, characters they're, that you can connect exactly. with. Yeah. It's, it's the superhero um, formula for, for film that really delivers humanity in, yeah. in the, yeah. and that's what it, that's what people connect There's with. There's so much more humanity. And I mean, I think yeah. that's a huge problem with, certain other films that they don't bring a humanity to it. They, I, I mean, I love like, there's so much comic book in this movie Yeah, compared to the first one. The first one feels like it's definitely more of a grounded, like yeah. Vulture feels like something that could have definitely happened given all the uh, Chitari tech that he finds and all the stuff. And this one, it's like, nah, we're a comic book movie, right? but we're a comic book movie that knows why you like comic books and movies right. because of the human element. Right. And the, the, the Mysterio sequences are incredible and amazing, but had they not built out these characters, I wouldn't have cared right. at the end of the day. I would have forgotten about it and been like, Oh, that was a cool sequence. I can't wait to watch that on YouTube. Yeah. But now it's like, this is, this is great. And I think it's probably like, it's definitely a top five Marvel like MCU movies for me, if if not even top three, like wow, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I think I think one of the other things that I really that really resonated well was just um, Peter's reaction to losing Stark. And, yeah, I mean, and he's 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 emotional about it. In the argument, well, it wasn't really an argument, but it was a heated discussion with Happy on the jet, and like he is just, um, you know, he's he's feeling the weight he's feeling the emotion he's feeling the loss and um you know and he's seeing him everywhere and i'm like 
man, I can relate to Peter right now. Sure. And, um, you know, and, and there's, and, and, and I think that, that pain and that loss is very real and and he's, and man, he does such a good job in this, you know, just selling it, you know, with the, this dude's going to have know. an Academy Award in the next 10 years. Like, yeah, he, he's so good. And, and, and you know what, and it's not even about that. I mean, it just it, the, um, I'm sure he will because you know the the cream always rises to the top. Yep, but yeah, um, just uh, yeah. I mean the 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 thing that I was a little like, mm, don't be trying to replace Tony with Spider Man. That ain't gonna you know because there was a lot of Twitter, you know, a lot of. Um, tweeting happening and people yeah, yeah. were like, oh, you know, new Iron Man, he's yeah. going to be, you know, and they even talk about, you know, some of the, like, are you the next, you know, in, in the film and yeah. um, with the quality questioning and like, he's like getting overwhelmed and, um, and it's like, mm. and I love just the dialogue between him and happy in that moment, yeah. you know, where, you know, it was like, Tony couldn't even live up to Tony, you know, it's, it's like such a good scene. Yeah. And I love that this, like these kinds of movies, they don't mind stopping for a minute to have that scene. I mean, that scene's yeah. probably five minutes long. Yeah. Like that's a long time yeah. for an action movie that's supposed to make a billion dollars in a week. Right to spend talking about their feelings. Yeah. Like it was great. It's though. <laughs> so good too. And, and, and it definitely reinforces like, I think probably Marvel from a meta position that they're not trying to replace Iron Man with, with Spider-Man. Sure. But also this kind of like, he doesn't need to replace no one. He doesn't. And no one, but will. it all, it also does a really great job from, from one of the beginning comments when, um, when Peter meets Quentin Beck for the first time and he says, never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And then you see him on the jet diving into the tech as if it, like it took him a minute, but it, I mean, he was diving right in. Oh yeah. And you know, it was, it was a reminder of like, Peter Parker's like this uber smart nerd. Yeah. And, um, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of that from homecoming and it was just those acknowledgments. It was like, yeah, you know, he's 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 not an Avenger, um, you know, because you know he was just in the right place at the right, right. time. Like he's he's got the he's got the chops. So yep, uh, I thought they did great um, developing the character even more, and I'm super excited where they're going to go with this. Which brings me to um, in credit scene number one, which is. Everyone knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also the greatest and only oh, J. Jonah Jameson. Right, yeah. J.K. Simmons yes, is back. Yes, that was great. Um, it that was blew great. my mind yeah. the first time. And Daily the Planet. theater, because we, we saw it Tuesday night, which I think was like, by then it had came out late Monday night, I think. So we saw it Tuesday, which was like the first full day that it had been out. And we saw it Tuesday night. Oh, and right. I saw Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like literally <laughs> like, we went at 1 a.m. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, so at that point, luckily no one had really seen it yet. No one in the, right. no one in the office had seen it yet. Yeah. I was the first one and like, <laughs> man, the theater just lost it. Yeah. And, and I was like, they're not going to, oh my God. They yeah. Did yeah. It. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was great. And I, I mean, I was just, I, I'm, I pushed forward in my seat. I, I was so, I guess 
I don't proud sounds like a stupid thing to say, but I was proud that like Marvel was like, no, we can do what we want. Like, of it, course we, it can. doesn't, <laughs> we don't need to yeah. recast this. Like it was perfectly cast back then. Uh, I did like the take that it's kind of like this weird, like Infowars style. J, you know, J Jonah oh, Jameson yeah, yeah. is not like because <laughs> yeah. the Daily Bugle dot net is what it is. Because there's no more newspapers. Newspapers don't exist. So now, what's it going to be? Was well, going to be this kind of crackpot, crazy, yeah. conspiracy theorist guy? Yeah. And I loved that. I thought that was a really great twist yeah. on like that character. And I'm super excited, like for what this means for the rest of the Spider-Man universe or Marvel universe, I guess it's the same thing, but you know, uh, what, what's this going to do? Or the multiverse. Well, I, they, they shoot that down in this, but it does exist. So yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm wondering where they're going to go with it. Right. You know, something's got to happen um, with it. And Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse did way too well for yeah. them to be like, let's not do that. Oh Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and even though MCU is kind of in charge of Spider-Man yeah. live action currently, you know, I, I think that would be pretty dumb for them to not entertain the idea at least. Dude, can you imagine a live action it would be into incredible. the Spider-Verse? It, it would be fantastic. I mean, you get Topher Grace, not Topher Grace, sorry, that was Venom, but you get, uh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Yep. And then, um, who was the Toby original? McGuire. Toby McGuire. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have Tom Holland. And like I've seen some photoshops and like um, the it, the idea blows my mind away. Yeah. And then you have one of them maybe dies, or you know, in that that's kind of the that, that's the getting your cake and eating it too type of a thing where like yeah. you, you're able to kill off a Spider-Man, but you're able to also still keep your Spider-Man. Right. You know, I I think that it would be an amazing movie that if you maybe you didn't you didn't have to touch it to any of the other characters. You make it a very very much isolated standalone movie or you introduced three different Thors, you know, like, I don't know, like female Thor. And then maybe that's how they bring in, uh, what's the horse, the horse. That's the Thor. Also. I can't, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Somebody's uh, yelling at me. Yeah. Uh, I cannot remember it, but, um, yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. that's how you introduce those. Yeah. This is the actual multiverse. I mean, they bring it up in Ant-Man and they bring it up in Dr. Strange. Right. So it exists. Right. And that's kind of your, your, your get out of jail free card is, the in-game time travel thing. Right. I mean, that that's who else knows what else that, you know, that phantom realm or whatever can do. Yeah. The old time travel do over thing. I don't know. It's out of the scope of my area of expertise, man. You have seen this 21 <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. You're going to hit 22 before it's I, out. I will. I will. It's still the, the re-release is still in the theater. I'm going to hit 22. And then by, by, by that time next week, it'll be on digital. That's so. true. Oh, Gosh, well. man, you did it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to get you a cookie or something. Yeah, sounds, 22. sounds good. That's, that's just a big old Iron Man face cookie. But this was, a, I mean, so, you know, we're, we're so Spider-Man Far From Home kind of is a transition, and, and it it's a transition from, you know, kind of the culmination or of the conclusion of the Iron Man story arc with Endgame, and... um you know, it kind of a, is a kickoff for phase four. Yeah. It's an epilogue and, to phase three, but a prologue yeah, to phase four. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and as far as how it does that, I think it, you know, there was some very big, uh, big picture story elements that it needed to, to, to hold up. And I think it just, it works. It, it does, does. It does. They did a really good job on that. I was so worried about it, it was going to be like such a, I don't know. I don't want to say small movies are bad, but small in like the wrong way. Yeah. But 
or it, or I was worried it was going to be way too big, but they did a great job of like finding that perfect mesh of let's bring in the elementals and they're a big enough, you know, thing. And well, why aren't people showing up? Oh, well, they're, you know, the Avengers aren't showing up because it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> and it's not actually Nick Fury. Right. Which, so he's not going to go call on the Avengers because the Avengers will call him out. And Talos, you know, the, 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 it's not Cree. It's, uh, what's the scroll? scroll. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, so that was in the, on the second go around. Yeah. Um, you know, you pick up different details that I think I was still wrestling with the confusion after that one. But, uh, when um when Talos says to to Nick when he says how's the mission going yeah and then it and it show and like he's sitting on the this you know beach simulator yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the ship and it's like mission like where where's he going you know and i was like yeah. oh yeah so yeah. he he's not just having vacation and he's like i mean it's got to be setting it up for captain marvel 2 probably yeah probably I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what else that would be a lead in for. I don't know what the next movie is. Well, after we have this is it Black we Panther, have Black 2, Panther next? two. I saw an announcement for that yesterday. Um, oh, I guess we should, should. We're recording this on Comic Con weekend. Oh, and Marvel's yeah. probably talking in the, in an hour from now. Right. So yeah. everything we're saying is probably going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to look like a bunch of idiots because we yeah. don't. It's all going to be discovered yeah. like tomorrow, right. and then we drop this on Monday, and it's like, oh, it's fine. We'll put a little, there's a little note here that says, uh, ignore everything we say if Comic-Con proves us wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, next year, what we'll have to do is we'll have to go to Comic-Con oh, and man. do a Comic-Con, like, we'll have a whole series so that we cannot be a week behind. There's been some really cool stuff that I've seen coming out of Comic-Con. The only thing that just absolutely destroys all hope and dreams of Comic-Con is just, there's so many people. Right. It's a disgusting amount of people. Yeah, I, like, I'm intrigued and I want to go because of just the whole experience. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to try to go once, once I built, I'm, I do want to build, um, a, a Hulkbuster suit. Oh man. Um, and like a legit one. Yeah. Um, but I just don't have the time or the resources, the energy current currently. Right. But my goal is to do that. And then I will go to that, that when I get it done, I will figure out to get to Comic Con that year and do it, and then that'll be it. Yeah, and then I'll just retire the suit in some like cool glass little, case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. I I would love to. I mean, I just want to go once at least. I say that, but it's like getting a tattoo. You just get one, and then you're like, ah, oh, I get. I want another one, and then so I'll probably be like, oh, I want to go to another Comic Con. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. You know. Um, but I man, uh, Spider Spider Man. Well done. It hasn't let me it. down yet. Go, I, you know, and I was glad. I, I was glad that I got to go see it uh, a second time, and um, yeah, and it's I, actually I'm considering a third, just to take in some of the other details and that type of thing. But it's definitely must see twice. Yeah, it's a solid yeah. watch, and I, I can't recommend it enough. MCU does it again. Yep, and that about does it. Yeah. So, Eric, you want to close out the show? Sure. Well, guys, thanks again so much for, for listening. Hopefully this episode was uh, inspiring, and um, I don't know. What else is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, connecting. Hopefully and, you and connected and enjoyed oh, yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully this uh, this podcast was a pleasure, and uh, it is for us, as always. Yeah. Um, 
You can find Zach on Instagram at Zach Abbott's. Side note, I'm tweeting now. Oh, snap. You can find him on Twitter now. Check at that Zach out. Abbott's also. At Zach Abbott's. Um, it's pretty much just spicy tweets towards uh, U.S. Postal Service. Oh, well. Oh, but that's fun. So you're going postal on postal? Mm. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah. So find those tweets and like those. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at eric thurston you can find the easy podcast on instagram and twitter at the easy podcast you can find us on youtube at the easy podcast show there it is and obviously on all your favorite streaming platforms and anchor.fm slash the easy podcast if you have anything that you want us to talk about if you have any feedback comments concerns or complaints send them to the easy podcast show at gmail.com that about does it guys thanks for listening bye What a world, what a world.